All right? Going to give me feedback? You're, gonna, you're doing all right. Okay, what about the chapel? Good morning, chapel. You, you can respond. Say good morning. I was at QE2 last week, and they said they were the most responsive campus of all three. So you've got to beat them this morning. Is that fair? Uh, they also said to me, well, you say something worth saying, and maybe we'll respond to it. So uh, maybe, that, maybe that's actually the truth. Um, after all. But it is my pleasure to welcome you all. Welcome the chapel joining us as well and those joining online. And, um, you know, this morning in all four of our locations, we sold out. So church is a sellout today. Is that pretty good? Well, I think that's pretty good. Anyway, I just wanted to take just, just a couple of moments and just talk a little bit about the traffic light system that's coming in to affect this coming week and how it affects the church. Uh, it's not only going to affect Life Church here, it affects the church right across New Zealand. And as we made decisions prayerfully, as we got together with our board and our staff, and we asked for God's wisdom about the way forward, we, we have decided on our way forward. Hopefully you have received an email from Ange and I this week, and you've seen the video. If you haven't, I want to encourage you to watch that. Uh, if you're not on our database, then I encourage you to sign up so you get our correspondence. We feel, uh, feel a peace in our hearts that what we've found at this point is the right step forward for us as Life Church. We know we have to stay adaptable in every season that we're walking through as the church. It's not new to us to have to adapt. We've had to do that over the last several years. That's happening all over the world, by the way, because of what the pandemic is actually doing. But what I felt this morning is, I, I have such a compassion in my heart for pastors and leaders right across our nation as they're making decisions for their churches, knowing that any time you make a decision, it affects people. Not only does it affect their reality, it affects their perception of their reality. And so we've got to pray for pastors and leaders. You know, they're people too. And uh, they need compassion too. And they need people to give them grace as well. So I thought this morning it'd be great to pray for church leaders. Can we do that together before we preach this morning? Lord, we just thank you for the promise of your presence that is with us. We thank you, Lord, that you never leave nor forsake us. And Father, we're praying for pastors and leaders and teams around New Zealand as they face decisions about this coming week and next weekend in their churches. I pray that, Lord, you would pour out your favor upon every church leader. Let them know strongly today, I pray, the presence of God that is leading, that, Jesus, you are the good shepherd, and I pray they would know your leading and your guiding in this time. Lord, we thank you that the word tells us that if we need wisdom, we should ask. So, Lord, we continue to ask for your wisdom, not just for this moment, but for every moment that is to come. Lord, grant us wisdom. And Lord, I pray today for senior pastors, particularly across our nation, who are already tired and about to change again. I pray for your refreshing upon their lives and upon their families. Lord, I pray that they would know the peace of God that transcends, goes beyond our understanding, our human reason. I pray it would guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus in the days and weeks ahead. And Lord, I pray for people as they receive the way forward in the different churches that there would be a peace upon their hearts that there would be a compassion in their hearts, that there would be a grace upon their lives for the season that we all find ourselves in, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We doing all right? Good, good. All right, well, I want to speak to you this morning about authentic peace. Who would say right now they need peace? Who wants peace? Who has peace? We need the peace of God. I would say it's very important in our lives right now, that we genuinely understand what it is to have biblical peace in our lives. And as we lead into Christmas, it's a great chance for us to be reminded of all that we have secured through Jesus Christ. There's a lot that can have our attention, a lot that's got our focus, a lot of things to consider and think about, 
But this Christmas, let, let, let our attention be focused on all that we have received through Jesus Christ and the cross. The birth of our Savior Jesus has given us access to so much. One of the greatest distinctives of the Christian life in our world today is that we have hope. Do we? We have joy and we have peace in the midst of all the storms that life would throw of us. How many of you would say the world is in a storm at the moment? But we have hope, joy, and peace regardless of what we face, regardless of what we walk through, regardless of how big the storm might seem. One of the great distinctives on the Christian life is hope, joy, and peace is present in the midst of the storm. Hope, joy, and peace set your life apart more than ever right now in the season of life. The world has tried so hard to manufacture hope and to manufacture joy, and there are counterfeits to the real thing. Perhaps comfort is a counterfeit to hope or joy. Maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's a sense of importance and title. There's a whole lot of things we could say that have become counterfeits for people. However, peace is not something that can easily be faked. Have you noticed this? There are not many counterfeits to peace, but the world does have a view on peace. But it's a poor substitute for what we as believers know to be genuine, God-given peace. Let's read John 14, 25 to 27. This is Jesus speaking. All this I have spoken while still with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you, this is important, Remind you of everything I have said to you. Do you think we need reminded of the words of Jesus regularly? Do you think in our humanness so we so easily forget the hope and the joy and the peace that he secured for us? Well, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let, here's the command, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. They're the words of Jesus. Let that be reminded in your hearts this morning. Do not let your hearts be troubled. No matter how big the storm is, no matter how big the waves are, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, how are we gonna do that? Be reminded of everything Jesus has promised for you in your life. I'm sure that's a passage of scripture that many of you have no doubt read many times. Here we see Jesus draws a distinctive between what peace he gives us and what peace he leaves with us and the kind of peace the world would give. The reality is that Jesus is acknowledging that the entire population on planet earth needs peace, but it's only in him that we can genuinely find God-given peace. You can't manufacture peace in your own humanity, but what does the world try to give us in regards to peace? Perhaps the absence of trouble is the world's answer to peace. Trying to broker peace deals across the world. They're not trying to necessarily get rid of hostility. They're trying to hold it at bay. Maybe the absence of trouble is the world's idea of peace. Maybe running from trouble or escaping trouble is the world's answer to peace. Perhaps peace is an atmosphere of quietness and serenity. We've all bought into that one, right? Isn't it quiet and peaceful here? Not here. It's not quiet and peaceful here. We're a Pentecostal church. You shouldn't be as quiet as you are. <laughs> but it's to say we're in the gardens. It's so quiet and peaceful here. How quickly your peace and quiet 
can disappear when I show up or kids show up. All of a sudden, other people show up and your peace and your serenity has gone. Perhaps the world defines it as if it's to do with our surroundings, as if somehow peace is an external experience. If you're walking through the gardens here in Christchurch, I know it would seem peaceful. And yet somehow you could be worried about many things. You could be frustrated by life, anxious, upset and concerned and have no peace at all. The surroundings might feel peaceful, but internally you have no peace at all. If, if peace is the absence of noise or trouble, then peace is a product of your surroundings. If that's true, then during church you could not know peace because we're not quiet. It's not peaceful and full of serenity. Yet you can know genuine peace in the midst of noise. So the absence of noise does not work. It cannot be genuine peace. So when we look at what Jesus said here, that's exactly what I feel Jesus is getting at. It's not an atmosphere or a surrounding that gives people genuine peace. In fact, many people are trying to fill the silence, fill the gaps in their lives because the silent, in the silence they're faced with their true humanity, their losses, their brokenness, their pain, what they don't have. But here are some keys to peace that Jesus offers us. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's a great reminder this coming Christmas is to be reminded always of what we have secured through Christ. It doesn't matter how big bad things are gonna get in the next few weeks for each of us personally, we have so much to rejoice in. Everything Jesus Christ has done for us, we have to rejoice over. There will always be more to rejoice in than to be disappointed by. If we'll focus our attention on Jesus, we've always got so much to rejoice in every situation, pray with thanksgiving, and then the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. We need to pray because only in Jesus will you find true peace. If Jesus says, My peace I give you, it means He is the giver of peace. If He says, I do not give as the world gives, then only in Jesus can we find true peace. And it's something the world can never give you. It's something you can never manufacture in your own humanness. Genuine peace in our hearts can only be found in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder Paul can say in writing Philippians that his peace surpasses understanding. What's the implication here? If you're worried over some things, anxious or disturbed by situations you are facing, and you need peace in your heart, the reminder is, again, to turn to Jesus Christ. Pray and give thanks. Rejoice in Him always. That's the only way to have genuine peace. You may find some sense of comfort by hiding in a quiet, serene place, but you'll never find true peace. 
Emotionally, you may feel good for a while, but only in Christ can you find genuine biblical peace. So Jesus has promised his disciples peace. It's no wonder Jesus needed to say this to his disciples. Peace that would surpass all understanding. It's not a surprise in our verses in John. Jesus was preparing his disciples for the fact that they're about to face the greatest shock of their lives. Jesus would soon be arrested and Jesus would soon be crucified. Their teacher and master of three years who had lived and walked with them every day, they loved him with all their hearts, would soon be taken from them forcefully. They would be left on their own for the first time. They would feel vulnerable, they would feel isolated, and they would feel alone. And very quickly, things were going to look like they were out of their control. Everything to them at this point, when Jesus was arrested, was going to look like defeat. Judas had managed to betray Jesus. It looked like Judas had won. The soldiers arrested Jesus, and he didn't resist, and he didn't put up a fight. It was going to look like defeat. The people succeeded in crucifying Christ and nailing him to a cross. It was going to look like we had lost. Their circumstances will tell them that it looks like failure. Does anyone need reminded today to hold on to faith and to receive peace despite what is happening around us, despite what you might see, despite what your human reason and your human understanding might tell you about the circumstances of the world that we're in today. Jesus has already conquered the grave. He's overcome sin and death. He was victorious over it all. And we can hold on to that hope today, despite how the circumstances in the world might appear. This is exactly what it was like for the disciples. Your circumstances are going to look terrible, but you hold on to hope in Christ despite what is happening around us. The disciples needed to understand, and I feel like we need to understand the same for us today. Pray with thanksgiving. Rejoice always. Turn to Jesus and receive his peace despite your circumstances. Everything is still in God's control. Here's this morning's first point. So that was just the introduction. So we're about three minutes into my 45 minutes right about now. Here's my first point this morning. If we're to receive the peace of God that's found in Christ. The first is this, believe in the sovereignty of God. What Jesus says is truth. Only he can give us peace. The world cannot. Why? Because only God in his sovereignty is control, in control of all things. If God can't handle this whole universe, he can't handle your problems. But if God can handle the entire universe, he can handle what you are facing today. If he cannot, he is not God and therefore we will never find true peace. But if we believe in a sovereign God who is in control, then we should not let our hearts be troubled and we should not be afraid because God is in control despite what else is happening around the world. Man cannot find peace on his own because man is not in control. Can you say amen to that? Can you genuinely say amen to that? 
Man may think he's in control, and man may feel they've got control for a while, but it's only God who is sovereign and in control of all things. We need to keep trusting God regardless of what we see going on around us in the world today, because God is in control. Peace is not a product of your circumstances. It's a product of God. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's a gift from God found in the person of Jesus Christ, not something you can earn through controlling your own circumstances. God is in control of it all. We again need to recognize that life is not in our own hands. Have you noticed that in recent times? You're not really in control of a whole lot. We're being led to the eternal by Jesus, not led by ourselves in pursuit of the temporal and our personal comfort. We were never promised that the world we would live in would be comfortable. We were never promised an easy life. In fact, Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble, but what? Fear not, for I've overcome the world. He says, in the temporal, it's gonna be uncomfortable, but I've given you an eternal perspective. Fear not the temporal, because I've overcome the world. Remember the eternal, remember the promise. Remember that one day, all pain, all suffering, all crying, it all stops because I've already won the victory. You're gonna have some trouble in the world, but we are led by Jesus to the eternal. And right now, in the world today, the church must focus on the eternal, not fight for the temporal to get better and more comfortable, but focus on the eternal. Remember, we need to be more focused on what is happening through us. I said this in a recent series, than what is happening to us. But I wonder how much we're worried about what's happening to us more than what is happening through us. See, what is happening through us is focused on the eternal. What's happening to us next week is we are having to do services for those who hold vaccine passes and those who don't hold vaccine passes. Is it perfect? No. Is it horrible? Yes. But we're going to be more focused on what's happening through us than what's happening to us because what's going to happen through us is we're going to gather as the church whenever we can, lift up the name of Jesus in praise and worship and preach the gospel. That is what is eternal. And I want the temporal, I want the comfort, I want us all to be able to be in one space, but we can all be one heart, one mind, full of faith that we will lift up the name of Jesus and worship Him over everything, regardless whether in the same room or not, or we're online, or we're in an unvaccinated service. It's not the point. The point is the eternal. Can we worship God? Yes, we can. Can we preach the gospel? Yes, we can. If they take that away from us, we will stand up and we will fight. But right now, I will continue to fight that the church would gather to lift up the name that is over every name. And next weekend, guess what? We can all do that because we are focused on the eternal. We're focused on the advancement of God's kingdom. We are more focused on what will happen through our lives than what will happen to our lives. Really easy to say, really difficult to live out because the moment it's uncomfortable, that is tested and it will be uncomfortable for many. Moving along. Our thanksgiving and prayers are actually informed by the promise of eternity. Prayer and thanksgiving has nothing to do with my circumstances. So it can apply in every season and every place on the planet. The words of Jesus, if they are to be true, must be applicable in every place on planet Earth. If Jesus says give thanks in all circumstances, we must be able to do that in every place on the planet. Even the persecuted church across the world, which is in a horrific state right now, are still praying with thanksgiving and rejoicing 
in God because it doesn't have anything to do with their external circumstances. It has everything to do with the understanding of what Jesus has done for us eternally. You can be persecuted, you can be in jail, you can even be losing your life and you can still rejoice and you can still give thanks. That's why Jesus could say, continue to rejoice, pray and give thanks because it can happen in every season of our lives. It was never meant to be us in control. That's why David penned Psalm 23 to tell us God is to be your life's shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is the one who's ultimately in control of it all. And then the Psalm 23 goes, I lack nothing. Watch for peace. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. I find his peace even in the midst of of dark valleys, the Lord is in control. He is the good shepherd. He is the one who guides and leads us all. We need to be constantly reminded to let go and let God lead. If I'm in control, I'll end up in turmoil, fighting hard, working hard, and desperate. I need to let go and allow the good shepherd to lead. And since we can't depend on our circumstances or on ourselves, Our only option in our season is to turn to God and take the peace that we need from him. Here's the second point of 15 points. (laughs) Bring your burdens to him. I think we suffer a lot in our own humanity with all kinds of burdens and stress. And I think it happens because we resort so quickly to taking control of our own circumstances and our own situations. And we try to manage our problems in our own strength. You, you all don't, but I do. So it's, this is a moment of confession for me with you. I try to manage. I try to figure it out. I, I don't know how it happens. I so quickly forget to turn back to God and it, I, I think I'll figure this out. I'll work this out. It's not how it's meant to be. We're to turn to Him, bring our burdens to Him. We like to be in control. And when things get outside of our control, the problem becomes bigger and our ability to cope diminishes and people so quickly lose their hope, joy, and peace. And I'm not just talking about people in the world, I'm talking about people in the church. When we take back control, when we say, thank you for leading me to this point, but I'll control this next season of my life, I'll decide what's right for me, I'll I'll take control, it gets pretty big pretty quick. It gets too much to handle pretty quick and it becomes a burden we were never designed to carry. Hope was meant to carry our burdens and lift our burdens for us. Jesus Christ is the answer in the midst of it all, but so quickly we take control control. Let's not forget this Christmas season, what Jesus has done for us. Let's not lose sight and think, well, we're fighting this and we're fighting that and this is the biggest challenge. No, no. Let's remember what Jesus has secured for us through coming to the earth. So what's Paul's advice? We've already read it and I want to read it again. Verse 6 of Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's when we present our requests to God that we're giving him an invitation to take control. It's in that place of prayer, it's in that place of coming to God that we open our hearts and we say, God, we need your control. And then and only then can we not be anxious about anything. By letting the one who is sovereign By letting the one who is in control of all things take care of our needs, then we can truly and genuinely have peace. 
However, if we do not let go and do not let God carry our burdens, we will carry them ourselves and we're not designed for that. Verse seven says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But it's actually, you'll hear that verse quoted a lot, but you can't have verse seven without verse six. The application of verse six is vitally important to receive the peace of God that transcends all understanding. It's nice if someone else will pray for you to receive the peace of God. I pray it, and you probably have prayed it, but you must have the application of verse six first. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's the formula to receiving the peace of God. Without it, it's hard to find. But when we will posture our lives in a place of prayer, that's opening our hearts to the inv- and giving an invitation to God. Petition and with great thanksgiving, that changes everything about our circumstances and invites the peace of God into our hearts. As Paul says to us, trust your needs and problems to God and then you'll experience his peace. His peace is not dependent on our circumstances. The situations you are praying about right now in your life may not have changed yet. The issues may still be present. The difficulties might still very much be a part of your life and still surrounding you. But trusting in God in the midst of all of that means peace remains at the center. Here's the third and final point this morning. Receive his peace by faith. Peace is the Lord's promise to us. You don't have to earn it. It's not how it works. When you trust your worries and you trust your cares to him, you put your faith in who he is and what he can do. And when you do that, you receive his peace. It's not fake like the world can offer. It's real. It's not the absence of circumstances. It's the peace in the midst of circumstances. The world will tell you peace is only when you have no trouble and no adverse circumstances. But no, God's peace is present in the midst of your circumstances. Jesus himself was persecuted, rejected, and betrayed, and yet he still had peace. His peace was not the absence of difficulties, but it was the presence of God. Jesus was completely at peace before his crucifixion because he was in the will of the Father. It didn't make the circumstances easier. It didn't mean it wasn't challenging. He just knew the peace of the Father in his heart as he walked in the will of God. Not your will, but my, not my will, but your will be done. He knew that God the Father was with him and he knew his Father was in control. He knew his Father would take care of him. And he knew he could completely trust God the Father. And I pray you know that as well. He says to his disciples, that is the kind of peace that I leave with you. It's not a product of your circumstances. It's the peace of God. And that's the truth that Jesus leaves us, that God is with us in the midst of what we are facing. Church, he is with you in the midst of what's happening in the world, but also what's happening in your personal life right now. He is in control and he is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. So as children of God, we receive strength for the journey. Who needs strength for the journey? We receive strength for the journey and God blesses his people with peace. We know his peace. Romans 5 verse 1 says this, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope, our joy, our peace come through what Jesus Christ has done for us 
on the cross. Peace with God and peace from God. His birth changed everything. He became Emmanuel, God with us. God in human form who would ultimately give up his life as a ransom for ours so we could have genuine peace with God. Jesus came at Christmas so he could die at Easter so that you and I could know the peace with God and receive great peace in the midst of whatever it is that we're facing. So peace is not the absence of problems. It's peace with God that gives you true peace in the midst of your pain and your suffering. We were never promised a pain-free life, as I've already said. We cannot get away from pain and suffering and loss. But during that great pain and suffering, we can still find hope, still find joy, and still find peace. And that will be a great distinctive on the church of Jesus Christ in this season that we find ourselves in. So this Christmas, we can celebrate the birth of the one who made it all possible for you, made it all possible for me. And there's a great story about a painting contest promoted by a man who sought the perfect painting of the picture of peace. The artists were told to paint whatever they felt would portray peace best to them. Some artists painted serene landscapes with sunsets and fields and beautiful flowers. Another painted a still quiet lake with reflection as clear as glass. These paintings were stunning and beautiful. But each was amazing, each was stunning. But when the winner was unveiled, everyone gasped in disbelief. The title of the winning painting was Peace in the Midst of the Storm. And we're going to put a picture up of that painting any second now. Uh, it's there. This is the picture that won the contest on peace. Raging waters, storms in the distance. It's dark, it's stormy, it's gloomy. How on earth could this win a competition on a painting on peace? Well, if you look a little bit closer, you may well see just... Just tucked away in the rocks, a little bird sitting with its babies. In the midst of all the storm, in the midst of everything else, that, that bird and its babies are completely at peace and completely safe. In the rock, they find safety. They find peace. And this is the painting that won the ultimate prize for a painting on peace. Church, this is the kind of peace we know as big biblical peace, regardless of if the waters are raging, regardless if the storm is happening, we can know peace in the midst of it all, thanks to Jesus Christ. It's a great picture of peace in the midst of a storm. When our soul is at peace with God, when I'm completely at peace with Him, I am at peace and I am at rest, and there's true calm in the midst of the storm. And I feel in my heart like this is the picture of the church needs to be right now, like the mother bird and her baby, secure in the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus Christ. And if the world was gonna look at ever at a time in history, it should see a church who is secure, despite what's happening to us, we're at peace with what is happening through us, that we know the Savior and we can have true peace. This is to be the posture of the church of Jesus Christ. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how stormy it gets, we are at peace. When storms are raging, when COVID is threatening, we can still have and find peace in Christ. Can the worship team come back and join me this morning? I wonder how many of you know the old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. It's an amazing hymn. It was written as a result of the most difficult situation imaginable and the greatest pain one could ever feel in their life. 
Horatio Spafford wrote this hymn after his daughters had died at sea. And on his way to be with his grieving wife, he had to catch a ferry and he had to pass the same spot where his daughters had died. And as he passed the spot where his daughters died, he penned the hymn, it is well with my soul. The opening verse says this, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like deep sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Peace for Horatio Spafford was not the absence of pain and suffering. He was in deep grief and deep pain. It wasn't the absence of that, it was the presence of the person of Jesus Christ that brought him peace. It's not the absence of our pain, it's not the absence of our circumstances. It's the person of Jesus Christ and his presence that brings us peace. And I wonder today, if I can ask you the question, is it well with your soul? In the midst of everything that's going on around your life, is it well with your soul? This Christmas season, do you need to turn to Jesus Christ afresh with great thanksgiving for who he is? Despite how dark it feels, despite how difficult it is, do you need to turn to Jesus afresh and receive again peace from him? Maybe today you need to reach out to Jesus in a fresh way. Truth, a true peace finds itself at rest in the middle of the storms of life. Am I so focused on the pressures that are around me or am I focused on the person of Jesus Christ? Perhaps you're not at peace in the midst of your storm today. Can I encourage you to just in your way in these next few moments, turn your heart back toward Him, place your trust completely in Him, begin to give thanks for all that Jesus has done. I'm telling you now, if you'll do that, if you'll begin to operate in thanksgiving, prayer and thanksgiving, begin to rejoice in all that Jesus has done. Begin to allow the Holy Spirit to focus your eyes on the eternal and not on the temporal. If you allow Him to bring you to the place of gratitude for all that Jesus has done, the circumstances around you, though they may still be present, you can know peace in the midst of it all. Accept fresh biblical hope, joy, and peace by turning your heart over to Him afresh. So I ask you again this morning, is it well with your soul? Despite the times we live, because we have so much to celebrate this Christmas, would you do me the, uh, the, the privilege of standing with me while I pray for you, if you're able? The chapel as well, thank you. Let's just pray together. Lord, we thank you that the peace you bring into our lives it's not the promise of absence of trouble, but it is the peace that we can know in the midst of the storms that life brings us. And so each of us, we just choose to turn to you completely again, put our trust in you. We thank you for the truth of the hymn that even in the midst of severe heartache and severe pain, you offer us peace that we can stand and say and stand and sing, it is well with my soul. Thank you for the reminder this Christmas that we've been given genuine hope, joy, and peace that is found in you, in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would release to, to each of us afresh 
the peace of God. But I'm just gonna encourage you, church, right now to put into place Philippians 4 verse 6 with prayer and thanksgiving. Just begin in your own way. It doesn't have to be out loud, but just begin to thank Jesus. Just begin to give thanks for all that Jesus has done. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. Thank you that you've overcome the grave. You've secured for us victory in eternity. Thank you, Lord, that you've overcome sickness and pain and suffering and death. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thank you that you found us and you saved us and you've set us free. Thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you sent the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit into the world to illuminate Jesus so that we could find salvation. We thank you that we have each found salvation. And I pray right now, in the midst of great thanksgiving, that Holy Spirit, you would release to each of us again a fresh peace that goes beyond our reason, goes beyond our understanding, goes beyond the circumstances that we see or we know. Your peace is available. So I pray, peace of God, touch every heart afresh, I pray. In the weeks ahead, in what's coming, in the challenges that we navigate our way through, for the Church of New Zealand, I pray we would stay focused on Jesus. Our attention would be firmly on Him and we would know hope and joy and peace this Christmas. If you've got any anxiety, stress or worry, I just want to take a moment, just say, Lord, I just lay that at your feet. I just lay my anxiety, I lay my worry aside for this moment. I focus on all that I've had secured through Christ. So we just let go of anxiety, Lord, right now. We let go of worry. We let go of the concern in this moment. We say, Lord, we, we focus on the hope we've received through relationship with you. And I pray that the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, would overflow in each of our hearts again this year and this moment in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.